eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com slash Therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com slash Therapy30. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. All right, baseball's not boring in large part because of people like Caitlin Cuffold, who is the director of social media for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And um, I'm a manager, sorry. Oh, okay, man. Listen, you're the straw that stirs the drink. You mention the other people you work with. I just don't want to take credit for no, no, take all. No, let's go. No, no, I know, I know. That's why that's why you're a good a good worker. So, I as a we're going to start off the podcast by mentioning all that your team. I want to mention all your team because your team deserves a lot of credit. You're sitting there. You're you're nice enough to come on the podcast. What what are the other members of your team? Zach is our director of social media, and then Alejandra is our social media coordinator. And then the video side is Sterling and Madison. Okay. Well, if I could give an award to best social media in offseason, I would give it to all you. Four, four you. awards. They spread it all out. Um, but, Kaylin, I, so thanks for coming on, first of all. And um, I, I do find this like a really, really interesting conversation. Uh, the social media, how social media has sort of evolved in MLB, where it has to go, uh, how it's being approached, um, all of this. And so before we get going, just tell me a little bit about like how you landed at your position that you're at right now. 
Yeah, so I went to the University of Texas. I'm from Texas. Um, my first internship in baseball was with the Rays, actually, in media relations. So I started the comm side, press releases, media credentials, BP passes, all that stuff. And then I graduated during the middle of that internship. And after that, I moved to Kansas City to intern for the Royals for a year post-grad, and that was in social media. So that was my first intro to baseball social. I had done internships in the past in school with social, but nothing in sports. And so that was great. Got to work on both the social and digital side. So at MLB, they help us run our website, emails, all of that. So I got to do that as well as cover games on Snapchat, Instagram stories, Facebook, stuff like that. And then at the end of that internship, I actually applied for a job here at the Pirates and I've been here ever since. So at the end of this month, it'll be my four years. Oh, man. All right. Yeah. All right. So the easy question, Caitlin, besides asking you questions about the University of Texas, um, is the easy question is in your four years, how has it changed? What is give me your, give me your power ranking, the top three ways that maybe the, the social media dynamic of giving social media for a major league baseball team has changed? Number one, the algorithm changes for every platform all the time. So what will worked in 2019 when I first started here probably doesn't work now. I know we all know what's going on with Twitter. So everything <laughs> changes on that platform every other week. And Instagram too. In 2019, we got a TikTok account at the very, very end of the year. And now it's one of the fastest growing platforms for us. So the platforms are always changing and you have to adapt your strategy every year. But really with stuff that's going on on Twitter and just how each platform changes multiple times per year, you're constantly adjusting everything. We also now have the ability to cut our own video. So if O'Neill Cruz hits a home run, one of us can cut that and we can have it posted on Twitter. Within and you like didn't a- do that before, four years ago? No, I, we weren't able to do that in 2019. Oh, because it wasn't so, allowed. Uh, I don't know if the software existed yet. So okay. And okay. I'll used to have in-game coordinators um we never had one so they if you had an in-game coordinator you had access to that earlier and so we got it a little later i think but now we can post videos of home runs almost instantly where when i started in 2019 we had motion graphics and gifs where it was like josh bell home run but (laughs) you didn't see the josh Bell home run until like 20 to 30 minutes later where now we're able to post o'neill's home run as he is like high-fiving everyone. Really? In yeah. And that's yeah. a huge, huge difference. Obviously. That's a huge thing for us because it's not someone's beating us to it. Like if we don't post it first, it's my fault or sporty bots. Like, well, yeah, I mean, and, and like, that's the reality. I'll, no I'll let you keep going with the list, but you know, that's the reality of this too, is that you know, we understand the restrictions and, and the restrictions that they've had and everything else. But then the disc reaches a point where, when someone hits a home run two seconds later someone's gonna get it off tv it's gonna Mm -hmm. be all over the place um it's not like it's not like people aren't gonna put it up um and so so that that is a huge huge thing so so good point so we got number one we got the algorithms has changed the platforms prioritizing the platforms have changed which i want to get into um number two is that you're able to sort of cut up the videos real time which is huge you got another one yeah so 
players have changed. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. So we started, here's a shameless plug, Young Bucks at the very end of 2020, which is our place where we highlight our prospects in our entire minor league system. So Mike Burroughs, who you talked to the other day, is on Young Bucks a lot. Right. Oh, and he said, like, he said this. I mean, he said on the podcast, he's like, we, I said, oh, yeah, you know, Caitlin coming on social media, the Pirates. And like, he's like, yeah, they do a great job, especially, this is what he said, especially with the young guys. Yeah. So love the Young Bucks. I've been working with them since 2020 when we were all at Pirate City for a camp after COVID, after uh, the season. And so we were all, like I stayed at Pirates at our dorms because you had to be in a little bubble at the time. So that's where I met most of them. And we've been doing content with them, sitting them down for video pieces since 2020. So it's been really cool because a lot of them now are starting this last season to debut. And I've known most of them. I know that a while. That's great. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's, and, and, and also people more than ever, I think you guys were ahead of the curve with this a little bit, but more than ever, the popularity of the draft, the popularity of of prospects is bigger than I mean, we see it where these other media outlets are leaning into it more and more. Mm-hmm. So good for you for getting guys for for starting that account because that is that's pretty big. No, it's great for us because we're able to highlight them regardless of what's happening at the major league level and introduce our fans to guys that they're going to be seeing shortly. But yeah, Mike's been great. We, they now all that, like, are so nice. We collab with them on posts like on Instagram because now you have that feature, but we're getting the buy-in early on. So when they're here, they know what we can do. And it's not like we're meeting them for the first time as they're meeting everyone else. All right. So there's a lot to sort of pick through here. And I, but I want to go to, I think it was your number two, which is, was it number two or three? I don't know. The personality, the player's willingness, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I think this is, the, we've talked about, Caitlin, we've talked about this a ton in this podcast with major leaguers, with executives, with everybody, how things have changed. For instance, in the example that we we gave early on was we, we launched the podcast around the World Series, the end of the World Series. Mm-hmm. And remember Bryce Harper, like the, what Fox was doing with the interviews in game in the dugout. And so uh, Joe Kelly was on with us and he said, you know, the biggest thing that with that is that there's just an acceptance of it. You aren't getting the side eyes from the guys in back of them. Like, what are you doing? Um, and so I think for a long time, baseball, and you, I want you to weigh in to give your perspective because I think it's, it's, it's a unique one. But for a long time, baseball was behind with all this stuff because the players were too protective of their quote-unquote brands, right? Um, They were like, you know, I don't want to show my personality too much. And if I do show my personality, it's going to be on my own terms, so forth and so on. In your last four years, have you seen sort of that evolution of players being more willing to maybe take chances and maybe have be willing to, to do silly stuff or – or put themselves out there more? Yes, I think it depends on the platform. If I go up to someone and I'm like, hey, do you want to make a TikTok? They may say no. Because do, do, can you do this? for? Can you do a favor for me? Just can you do, I'll, I'll send you a t-shirt. I'll send you a sweatshirt, whatever you want. Yeah. First day, I want you to go up to Rich Hill and say, can I do a TikTok of you? I have a story. So I met Rich when he came to sign. So when we did the video, all of that, and... With Carlos Santana, Vince Velasquez, everyone that we signed, we try to get a selfie video. I'm sure you've seen them from other teams. Yeah, they're great. Nothing they're groundbreaking. Great. It's just like, hey, 
I'm Caitlin, super excited to be here. And so after Rich finished the ring light stuff throughout the video, I was like, hey, I have one thing I want to ask you. I was like, will you do a selfie video for me introducing yourself? And he was like, I've never done one of these before. And I was like, I am the first person ever to ask you to do this. Like you've been with so many teams. How has this never happened? And he did it. And it was also, we've talked about it multiple times. He's also talked about like how, because he went, when he was on, when he just got back from Scotland, which like I said, what a wasted opportunity. Like he has like a private Instagram. He never posts. I'm like, come Mm -hmm. on. There should have been TikToks and Instagrams all over the place in that trip. But he got back and So we did a podcast and we're talking about how, um, how the the hype video you guys did. He's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I never had a hype video before. And he hadn't seen it. Like he hadn't seen it. So finally we get him to see it. And obviously like, how can you not like, how can you Mm -hmm. not like, it's great. It's great. But it is, it is, Rich is maybe the extreme because he's 43, but even guys who are probably like 30, you know, like, uh, uh, I mean, do they understand the importance of this? And do you understand that it's not going to burn them? It's, it's, it's okay. I think they're starting to now. I use TikTok as an example because if you're not on the platform, people just think it's where people dance. And they're like, I'm not making a dancing video. I don't want an opposing team to take that and put that on the scoreboard. Like a lot of the minor league guys and stuff. And I'm like, I don't want you to dance. Like we're we're good. <laughs> we don't need to see <laughs> some of our prospects will post dancing videos and I'll find them and some of them have branded in them afterwards because they don't want anyone to like see them but i think they're starting especially the last few years since i've been here to understand the importance of their own brand yeah and the value in social media because it's such an untapped market for them with sponsorships and you can make a lot of money on social like there are so many content creators now with instagram and tiktok bloggers influencers whatever you want to call them that have made careers out of social media and so I think the younger ones realize you can make a lot of money playing baseball, but you can also make a lot of money doing sponsorships. And one of the main ways to leverage that is social media. But So you're right. I mean, obviously you can make a lot of money, but I don't know if they understand this as well. We always said this is well before social media that players could buy themselves some time in the eyes of fans when they do poorly by having by being the fan like the media friendly the good interview and everything mm-hmm. else well now that how that translates into is oh yeah you know what they're they're actually they're they're real people on social media they're they're maybe maybe if you're not going if you're going through a slump you don't want to have too much fun but it's okay you know you're yeah people people are enjoying your your personality and you can get a lot of leeway a lot of way to humanized right exactly i yeah, i want to so the t- you bring up the TikTok thing. Here's here's a number that blew me away. We had on, um, and I, I'm anxious to get your sort of take on this organization. So we had on um, a Zach from uh, Savannah Bananas, Savannah mm-hmm. Bananas, right? So their TikTok, I haven't checked recently, but at the time we did it, it was like at 3.7 million. The highest one in MLB, which I think was the Yankees, was at a million. That's great. That was crazy to me. That was crazy to me. And I know it's different content and everything else. But please, Caitlin, explain this to me. Did did MLB, did the baseball teams, were they just too far behind the curve when it came to understanding that as we landed here in 2023, 
TikTok was going to be a thing? I mean, how does that happen? I think the bananas prioritize TikTok more so than other leagues. Um, they're creating specific content for that platform. Their stuff is incredible. Like, everything they do in games, but they're making it specifically for the platform. And I think in baseball and sports in general, some teams are still so small on the social side that there are just so many platforms to consider. And so I think some teams have seen more success, like the Buffalo Bills are a good example. I think they have one or two specific creators that manage oversee their TikTok. So they're only thinking about that, where other teams are thinking about six or seven different mm. accounts or platforms at one time. It must be it must be overwhelming a little bit. I mean, it's it's fun, right? I, I mm-hmm. hope you enjoy your job and yeah, you know, and, and it's fun. But I find myself, even from my perspective, well, for I do with podcasts, writing, book stuff, whatever it is, it's overwhelming because there is so much you can do. Mm-hmm. But you want to make sure whatever you do is going to be like the impactful thing. Do you feel that way at all? Yeah, we try to prioritize quality over quantity. And so we want things to be good. I don't want to just be posting six things at a time. If none of them are good, they're not going to perform. Our fans aren't going to see them. You see some of the best content is stuff that people are sharing. You want people to engage with it. Obviously, Mm -hmm. a lot of people on social, I'm one of them, are very passive viewers and so i'm watching stuff on twitter but i'm not necessarily engaging with it and we hopefully you want people to engage with your stuff because that's how you grow that's how you meet new fans and going back to tiktok it's the one platform when we're talking about meeting new fans that there's just such an opportunity to meet them because the content you're creating yes we're posting o'neill cruz home runs on there i keep going back to him as an example but I have posted a lot of random things of O'Neill. Like he loves to steal our photographer's camera and take pictures. That's good though. That's good. Printing audio about photography. And so I used that with it. And so there's just a huge market there. It just gets overwhelming when there are so many platforms and (laughs) you need to post on all of them. And so TikTok is just one where you have to keep posting. It's a numbers game to a certain extent. Like if you're not posting content, then you're not going to. So grow. you have to do it. How many times? Like how many times a day? How many days a week? I mean, I mean um, right now it's the off season, so it's hard because guys aren't here, and with like trending audios and stuff, it's hard to post multiple times a week. But during the season, if something crazy is happening or we have an idea, you want to be populating the account like at least once a week, but. I would say the bananas in certain accounts like that are probably posting some of them every day. Like people, yeah, and I don't, I don't mean creators to, are posting and, every day. And it is different. I get that. I mean, it's just, it's so striking though. You know, it's mm-hmm. the, the numbers. And so when you go, you know, we've been talking a lot about TikTok, but you, you had mentioned Twitter at the beginning and, and then, you know, Instagram. So four years ago, I would imagine, tell me if I'm wrong. Four years ago, you go into Bradenton, you go into spring training, you're thinking Twitter. You're thinking mm-hmm. how we're going to leverage Twitter the best. Am I Twitter's wrong? Twitter's my favorite platform still. Right. Yeah. And it's still, you know, it's obviously, you know, there's been some changes, but no, I don't think changes where you're like, oh my goodness, I can't function. No. Um, but so, but I, it, it can be your favorite. But when you go into the spring training, 
what are the things you so you have the I mean, we're not even include Facebook, right? For the 80 year olds. <laughs> I mean, Facebook, though, this last year, it is an interesting platform, but you can yourself can perform well there. Like you have to post there. We do a lot more photography based because our fans on Facebook love photos. They love a photo gallery. Uh, I don't know if it's because they're older, but they do <laughs> like to see photos. Uh, they like to see in-game stuff and then they love historical content. Mm. So we'll do a lot of on this <laughs> day type stuff. If Steve last comes by, we post about <laughs> it. Love but you history, know, it, and I think that's because it, of the it, audience. Yeah. Here's the thing, Caitlin, is that People don't understand this about Facebook. If you want to push something, like if you want to push, say, you have something you're linking to, right? Facebook's the thing that pushes it, I, I think, more than almost anything. I mean, we we see that in, in at least in our, in our corner of the world. It If you want to push something where Twitter, it's okay, it's nice, but it helps. But in terms of pushing links, it's different dynamic. But, okay, so... Steve Blast photos aside for Facebook, um, you go into spring training and and I'm just curious, like not only from your perspective, but I don't know, do you do you have like social media meetings at the winter meetings or anything like that? Or no, we have marketing meetings with MLB and so social. Okay, so yeah. so what's your vibe that not only with your team but with with MLB? What's your vibe as we head into this new season? Where is it going? Like what what is what is sort of what are our people, teams, social media departments excited about doing? Is it just having more uh, players who are willing to do stuff? I don't know. I mean, what what are they excited about? Player content is still such a new thing. Obviously, we've been posting about players since social media was created. But if you are creating something with them for their accounts, there's probably a a 90% chance it's going to perform better on their account than your own because people are following them because they want to see content of that specific player where fans are following the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're looking to see everything, but it's not the same as the Pirates account posting it as O'Neill Cruz or Key Brian Hayes, someone like that posting it. Because O'Neill Cruz must be very social media friendly. You brought him up like... (laughs) Because we post about them all the time. But well, they're like it's good. You got to have those guys, right? You got to have the foundation, the social media foundational guys. And he accepts our collab requests on Instagram. So, all right, there you go. <laughs> who else? Who else in the pyres? Who else? Like who else? I, I said <laughs> members of your department, but this gives shout outs to people who are cooperative for players because this is what we want. And we're I do all think, cooperative, honestly. I think this is what you have. This is what you have the opportunity. Okay, we had Mike Burrows on. He represents the young prospect mm-hmm. coming up. Great. You have some of those. Seems like a great guy. Really happy came on the podcast. But what's of value here, Caitlin, is that it's not every day you get such a blank canvas that is Rich Hill. <laughs> you know, but he doesn't use social media. He's I like, know, I but, but, here's, I'm but, find it. but here's the thing. Here's the thing is that he, he's he's a super nice guy who's willing to do anything. And so if you go up to him and because there's not a lot of people in this world, especially in that world, who is as clueless as he is when it comes to social media. So mm, you have a blank 
camp. I'm, I, and you, you don't have to give me credit for this. Just do it. You have the blank canvas. You show up, you do like a series of hey, let's, let's teach Rich Hill about social media. And then by the end of it, oh my goodness, he has a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. Who knows? Yeah, but he has to want to have an Instagram. No, he does. I, he, you can convince him. Are you kidding me? Have you listened to him? He's, yeah. <laughs> We have a photo sharing platform through the league that I told him about. I was like, even if you don't want to post photos of yourself on Instagram, like I get that some guys just have it so their wife can have photos from the season or they can share them with their families. He was like, hmm, like I'll <laughs> come find you in spring training. Well, it, just have like the have, just have have the pirates be his representative. Like just do have have him. <laughs> It's so it, it would be so weird and so awkwardly awesome um, to have him interview other like O'Neill Cruz about social media because it's much like you know you, uh, you I don't know if you heard about him when he's on the podcast him talking about it like I don't know I don't I don't know I don't know but it's not like I don't know I don't want to do it I genuinely think that he wants to do it so anyway that's my idea. You're welcome. Goal for the year, public yeah, account for Rich Hill. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but so it, when you go into the season, like you said, like there's the players, the player content, the initiative for the players, the players want to do stuff. Um, do you do you communicate with the players before they even get there? I'll give you an example. Uh, we had so we had these baseballs and boring T-shirts, and we had just come out with them. And we got one to uh, Joe Kelly, got one to Justin Turner. So Justin Turner mm-hmm. does this really highly produced thing of him getting his equipment out of his car, day one in spring training, wearing a baseballs and boring T-shirt. Um, and obviously, there's a lot of effort that goes into it. And I think Chase, Michael Chavis, did he do something? Yeah, yeah. him, what they, Madison followed him in, I think, on the first day of spring training. It was yeah. phenomenal because he had such a great personality. <laughs> But do you, are you are you starting to like think of ideas for like the first day of spring training? I think it are communicating with guys or having because listen, you guys dominated the off season. I'm great job, great job. You win the yeah. award, but but what do you? But now the pressure's on. People are watching. What are you already thinking? You got some plans coming up? Yeah. So it depends. Some of the stuff with arrivals for spring training will be out there waiting for guys to show up. I know. Some teams, when we've done one of these in the past, will do ride-alongs. And so that requires planning if we're going to ride with a player. I know the Red Sox have done a lot of these in spring training because you need to put GoPro's equipment in the car. But the Michael Chapis thing, just walk in with guys and hope that they talk to you. Well, you picked <laughs> Or a ask good them one. questions on the you, you picked a good <laughs> one. You hit the sweet spot. Uh, so what are some of the other – what are some of the things – because we focus so much on the award-winning Pirates social media team. But what are some of the other – things that teams are doing because you look at what like you just mentioned the red Sox. where are mm-hmm. some other cool things the the other teams are doing in baseball or any sport no in base well it could be anything like i think that's actually anything anything that because obviously you know we talk about baseball and it's the perception is oh you're so far behind basketball because they're letting out their personalities more mm-hmm. or football as you said it's the shock and awe of 11 people doing uh, TikTok accounts or whatever it is. So what, are, but what are some of the things that you like other teams that are, they're doing? I like the Mariners stuff a lot. They have a really young team and they lean into that. Like Julio Rodriguez, he's great. They do a great job of showcasing his personality. And I remember 
I think it was last, so two seasons ago, before he debuted, they had a YouTube show with him. They have prospects accounts as well. And so that was cool because they're able to introduce their fans to one of the top prospects in baseball before he debuts. So they have great stuff. I know, I think they may have started the trend in baseball two years ago when they were like close to making the postseason in 2021, but where they had cameras in either, I want to say it was probably the radio booth. And so yeah, posted those videos where it's the play and then in the corner, oh, the Dave, Dave, uh, Dave Sims. Yeah. I mean, those reacting like that was oh, so cool. Yeah. And I working for a radio company, radio station, and, and the, that's where we're already talking about because those things caught fire. Even I think WFAN did it or the Aaron Judge chase. They, they mm-hmm. had the camera right up in Mike, Mike K. But it's, um, you know, it's another part about it too is I, I sense and Cleveland does this, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. But there's the sort of like, we're not going to be like buttoned down. We're actually going to react to people. You know, we're going to react to, we're going to, we're, we're going to talk a little crap. You know, we're going to. Cleveland's one of the original teams to do that. Yeah. Right. So I wasn't mm-hmm. wrong about yeah. that. Right. So is, there's, there's more of that. I mean, that, that was almost unheard of probably when you started with the Pirates. Yeah. Because, well, Cleveland, what? They were in the World Series in 2016. Yeah. Yeah. So. Their social was phenomenal. So was the Cubs. And so it was these two teams in the World Series going back and forth at each other and taking shots and having fun. And a lot of teams weren't doing that yet. Now it's more of a trend to have fun, show personality. Like the players are showing their personality. So are social teams now. And so they're not as buttoned up, which is a lot of fun because it just makes social more exciting. I'm not saying that. Everyone needs to go at every opposing team and roast them or whatever. But I think when you're creating fun content, I love memes personally. I know some teams probably don't, but it just makes things more fun. And also when you're pulling in things from your fan base, like the Padres have a very big meme team. And so (laughs) if you lose the Padres, you have hundreds of mentions with Padres memes. And the Braves are the same way. The Braves actually two years ago started doing like a fan appreciation kind of day on Twitter where all of their content was memes from fans throughout the year. They would save them and that would be their reactions to plays and stuff. And it's just so fun because when your fans are funny, it makes it more enjoyable because you can pull content from them, which we have done. Yeah, well, for, first of all, I love the meme team. I love the, the fact that he's like somebody has like a really, really good meme team. If I was running a social media department, I would absolutely do that. Uh, number two is that I would imagine that if there's any crap talking between the teams, it's I'm sorry, what's uh, the direct your director's name? Zach. Zach. I would imagine Zach has to like you have to pass it through Zach, right? No. Oh. So <laughs> we swept the Dodgers in May of last season, and at that time. We didn't have a director of social and we hadn't swept the Dodgers in LA in a long time. It was a big deal. And <laughs> we, we went hard on social. We replied to their final score tweet with a meme. We quote tweeted something MLB had posted because we came from behind in one of the wins. And that was a lot of fun, but some things do have to go through approvals. Some you just post. So what was it? Please describe this. I like the crap talk. Like, so 
Like what, what? What was it? Was it? Did the Dodgers? Did you get a call from the Dodgers saying, "What are you doing?" No, what but you- when you do these kind of things, like you have to be ready for them to for their come fan at base, you. right? Yeah. Oh, for them and their fan base. You're right. Yeah. Yes. So we haven't played the Dodgers since we swept them. Ooh. I, so, I like that. I like this that. This will be interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. I think, like, man, the, the, everything you get like between you and Rich Hill and Mike Burroughs and all these people are like to get me excited for the pirate season. I guess that's the <laughs> goal, right? Um, so, you know, it's interesting. So, you said you went with the University of Texas. Um, is this what you wanted to do? I mean, what was your what I've always said? What was your dream job coming out of college? Was so, it this? Yeah, I've wanted to work in baseball since I was in high school. I had Twitter, Facebook, Instagram when I was in high school. Social wasn't new. I'm 27, so I grew up with it. But it wasn't obviously like it is now. So I thought probably more like a traditional communications route, but loved social media then. And then in college, I applied for a bunch of internships my senior year and ended up getting the raise one. And that was my dream. But I always tell kids when I have like informational interviews. I didn't work for Texas athletics. I didn't do anything in sports in college and somehow I'm still here. So it's possible, <laughs> but usually like that's surprising people in my position worked for like the athletic department or a but, team. But I think, and this is how I look at it is that, is that you know, we talk about how jobs have changed and people, like you said, you wanted to get into baseball and there's this mm-hmm. traditional, they just want to be somewhere in baseball and I think that that what people have to realize, young people coming out of college, is that they have such an advantage here because – and I've even thought about it for this, the baseballs and boring stuff. I'm like, yeah, you know, we should tap into like the – there's so many ideas and create mm-hmm. – this isn't like, oh, no, I've been in the social media game for 10 years and let me tell you what's what. No, the kid, like a senior in college – can say well i'm doing this and it's working really really well and by the way i can see your potential that you're not doing it and this can help you and they'll say okay you're hired you know so there's so and what i'm saying is that there's so much opportunity i think this social media what social media represents is so much opportunity for young people uh to get in this game no the young content creators are phenomenal like what kids are doing in college is crazy and they haven't even graduated yet and they're so talented, but it's cool because they're learning things so early, like with YouTube, YouTube university is what people call it. Like you can learn design video so early just by teaching yourself. But it's the same way. I remember when we drafted Clint Priester in 2019, he talked about learning certain pitches just by watching YouTube videos in high school. So it's the same thing. Yeah. For do, you, it, do you think like you said YouTube University? I mean, that's just basically like an offshoot from whatever classes they're, or take they're taking at whatever university is. But like if you want to learn something, just it's like YouTube is the new Google. It's a search engine. Ex- exactly. You want to learn design? You can just Google Photoshop. I mean, YouTube Photoshop things. And whenever I don't know how to do something, if it's <laughs> Photoshop, I'll go on YouTube and be like, how do I do this? And then do, someone teaches me. Is it, is it, um, and I said, is it overwhelming before, but is it also like we talk about how talented these kids in college are and how much they know? Is it also like you have to be on your game all the time? Like you said, whether it's looking something up on YouTube, whether it's Googling something, whether it's whatever it is, or just scrolling through social media, that 
you don't want to you you at least want to be even with the curve if not ahead of the curve i mean you don't want to fall behind because when you start seeing other people do stuff like why didn't i think of that i think of that all the time right yeah. why didn't i think of that you must get a lot of why didn't i think of that moments no there are so many times when you see a team post something and you're like that was really good <laughs> like i wish i thought of that that was awesome but it's also fun because that's how ideas spark like it's fun seeing what other teams are doing like the mariner stuff was great especially what was it 2021 like they were one of the first teams to do like we talked about the radio call at the same time mm. the reaction um and now several other teams have started to do that i think like you talked about aaron judge the league has done some of that stuff too but it's fun getting to see people try new things with social it's such a unique job because one it's very very public facing so you know the reaction immediately to the content you're posting but it's a space where you have to be okay with failure Mm -hmm. and when you try something new you have no idea if it's going to work and if it does it's great you can adopt you can keep doing it but if it fails like you you tried and you move on (laughs) it's that's a great way to put it it's a great and and, and it's also exhausting because you know i look at i looked at like what um I think Sports Center, like had Carlos Correa in the Giants uniform up for a post forever. Like you, right? I mean, you can't sleep on it, and, they, and they'll, you'll be called out if if you say, "Hey, why you signed somebody? Why haven't the Pirates acknowledged us? Why haven't you done that?" And and uh, when, but I tell you this, Caitlin, is that when everyone's saying stuff, there's been a lot of people this off season and said, "I wish I did what the Pirates did." Boom. There you go. <laughs> Excellent job. Hey, this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, it makes me want to go actually go look up stuff on YouTube. No, it's a, a great resource. Oh, yeah. And like, like, how do I get what? I'm telling you, the Rich Hill thing is gold. It's gold. Uh, anyway. I'll if, find if, him in spring training. If you Green aren't going to do it. You know, you know what I do uh, before he goes, we'll do like a, we'll do like a, um, a test, uh, a test show. We'll do a test show on this podcast. I'm going to grill him about social media and then you can take it from there. So whatever you want. I, I can't wait to see this. I'm it's here for the pie. So funny. <laughs> All right, Caitlin. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.